Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Tuesday, January 31st. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Christina Lulich. And I'm Noah Osborne. Let's get into today's headlines. President Biden is in New York City today to unveil funding for the Hudson Tunnel Project. The Hudson Tunnel Project will restore the existing tunnel under the Hudson River that carries passenger trains between New Jersey and New York. The long-delayed project would improve service for upwards of 200,000 commuters who rely on Amtrak and New Jersey Transit. The president's visit comes as part of his Rail Week tour, which is centered on improving infrastructure. Funding for the Hudson Tunnel Project steamrolls in at nearly $300 million. President Biden will also move to end both the national and public health emergency declarations for COVID-19. This means that COVID-19 would be treated as an endemic threat that's more manageable by public health authorities. As a result of this change, several pandemic relief programs will be fading and the federal government will no longer be able to exercise control over vaccines and treatments, which could increase prices. Pfizer has already said it plans to charge up to $130 per dose for its vaccine, which is currently paid for by the federal government. These changes are expected to go into effect on May 11th. Christina, are you a Seinfeld fan? Yeah, I've seen a few episodes. So there's this one episode in the series where Jerry gets a phone call from a telemarketer, and he asks for their home phone number to call them back since he just doesn't have the time to talk. But the telemarketer tells Jerry that they're not allowed to do that. And then Jerry says it's because the telemarketers probably don't want people calling them at their home. So now the telemarketer knows how Jerry feels. Well, this whole scene inspired a new bill that's being proposed in New Jersey that's supposed to limit telemarketers. The so-called Seinfeld bill will require telemarketers to say their name and what they're trying to sell in the first 30 seconds of the phone call. They'd also be required to say the names of who they represent and provide the phone numbers where they can be reached. State Senator John Bramnick proposed the bill. He says the legislation requires more transparency and would punish those who lie and misrepresent information on sales calls. And he says the bill would require telemarketers to display their mailing address on any websites they own or operate. They'll have to also provide the address of the business they are representing. The bill will have to pass the full Senate and State Assembly before it can go to Governor Phil Murphy. This morning, Representative George Santos announced he will temporarily step away from the two House committees he was previously serving on. This is Congressman Santos' first concession amid growing calls to resign after he admitted to falsifying parts of his resume. This morning, the New York City Council Committees of Higher Education and Veterans held a joint hearing to talk about support services for student veterans at the City University of New York. Council members, students, and CUNY employees discuss how to serve all student veterans fairly and to understand the unique circumstances that these students face. Our programming and support are about responding to the needs of our student veterans in the interest of their success. Representatives from CUNY and the Commissioner of Veterans Services hope to work together with the committees to provide these students access to any missing opportunities they might require. Alec Baldwin is set to be formally charged today. Prosecutors are planning to file felony charges of involuntary manslaughter. Baldwin shot Helena Hutchins, a cinematographer on the set of Rust in 2021. He was pointing a pistol at Hutchins when the gun went off, killing her and wounding the film's director. We're a week until the Lunar New Year, but celebrations are still popping. 
Speaking of popping, fireworks are set to fly tonight in downtown Brooklyn, with Brooklyn Borough President Antonio Reynoso hosting a Lunar New Year celebration. He will be accompanied by local nonprofit organizations. Festivities will include remarks, dancing, and an award ceremony. English rock band The Smile announced more dates and locations for their North American tour. The band's made up of Radiohead members Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, and Tom Skinner. This summer, they'll be hitting cities like Miami, New York, and Philadelphia. Their New York City show will take place in the beginning of July at Forest Hill Stadium. Today in music history, ABBA dethroned Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody from the UK number one spot with Mamma Mia in 1976. Also in music history, Blondie struck gold with her number one on the U.S. singles chart with The Tide is High back in 1981. And here's some sports history for you. On January 31, 1919, Jackie Robinson was born in Cairo, Georgia. He was the first African-American athlete to play Major League Baseball. He played first base for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Robinson was also the first player to have his jersey number retired by every team in baseball. Music is something that people of all ages can be a part of, whether it's listening or performing. Kids Rock for Kids is an organization founded in New York City that puts young, talented musicians at center stage while raising money for kids in need around the world. I sat down with the founders of the charity and two young musicians to talk about their mission and experiences taking part in this initiative. Impressive vocals, skillful guitar playing, and powerful percussion are all things that make a good band. But imagine musicians as young as 10 showing off their skills all to raise money for a good cause. Kids Rock for Kids is a charity that puts on concerts to raise money to help youth in New York City and across the world. It started off as small community shows showcasing bands made up of kids and teens. Our kids' bands were drawing a crowd, and from the very beginning, we realized, you know, these kids could have a purpose with their musical talents and their performances. And so we've always had a charitable component to the shows from the very, very beginning. That was Lisa Shore. She's one of the founders of Kids Rock for Kids. The organization was created in 2017 by Dave Miller. He and Shore realized that the concert's positive reception was an opportunity to do something to help people across the world. What we call our tagline is helping the next generation help the world. So it's not just the raising money, but helping kids who are going to be, you know, some of them are going to be future superstars. Kind of have it ingrained in them that they can make a difference. Kids Rock for Kids teamed up with local and global charities. Coalition for the Homeless is a local organization that gives inner city kids a chance to attend a sleepaway camp. Kids Save Ukraine works to help children and families who have been affected by the war. Shore says all the proceeds they make from their events are donated to these charities. We really want to encourage the kids to think of themselves as global citizens and they can make a difference. And also right here in their backyards, um, you know, kids need our help. Cisa Moreira is a 16-year-old artist from Brazil. She's a solo artist who mainly sings in Portuguese. Moreira joined the Six Continents Band for Kids Rock for Kids. And she performed songs in English with artists across six different places around the globe. (laughs) 
While she's been a part of other concerts and television shows, she says she never had the opportunity to raise money for a great cause. She says being a performer and helping people go hand in hand. Nowadays, if you have any way of helping other people, I think it's really something uh, necessary. Uh, you can't only be a great musician if you don't have a good soul. She was a part of the Global Come Together Festival in June. Last year's showcase was the first in-person performance since the pandemic. We had musicians from all over join us with the New York City bands and we rocked out for three days in Brooklyn. It was incredible. It was a magical event. Incredible performances, the friendships that were forged, the connection made through music. Both international and local musicians took part in this event. It was a way for all artists to come together, especially since prior performances were done through live streams. Music is, is my life. That was Milo Miller. He's a 14-year-old teenager from New York City who plays the drums in a punk rock band called Trial by Fire. He's been a part of many different bands for Kids Rock for Kids. This past June, he performed in the band called North South East West. For the, the festival, I got to play with some of the most skilled musicians I have ever played with in my entire life. And so that and the incredible charities that these are things are going to, I'm being able to use my talents for like real good. Milo will also be opening for the Battle of the Bands competition. Kids Rock for Kids' newest event. Feel free to stop by on February 4th if you're in the East Village. I'm Christina Lulich, WFUV News. That was my co-host, WFUV's Christina Lulich, reporting on the charity Kids Rock for Kids. And that's our show for today. I'm Noah Osborne. And I'm Christina Lulich. Check back with us tomorrow for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.